You're listening to Rethinking Hunger, a podcast coordinating the food security fight through critical conversations. Our goal is to highlight the incredible people fighting to change our food system here in New Mexico and in the greater United States. I want you to get the full spectrum of folks that are in this fight. That means people coming to the table with different approaches and varying stakes. Among others, you'll be hearing from food nonprofit leaders, consumers, growers, providers, and policymakers. I'm your host, Sophia Rose. Chili Yazi is a grandfather, elder, and self described earth protector who has been a longtime leader in the Navajo Nation and the world over. Born in 1950, Chile has devoted his life to activism and speaks powerfully about climate change and racism. In the 70s, Chile was really active in civil rights efforts and protests, and he became a leading voice against police brutality and racial violence, particularly in the Shiprock-Farmington divide in northern New Mexico. Yazi's fierce advocacy work and grassroots organizing led to his placement on the Navajo Nation Human Rights Commission, formed in 2008 in response to the shooting of Clint John, an unarmed man who was shot and killed by a Farmington police officer in 2006. Chile has also held a number of positions at chapter, tribal, and state levels in New Mexico notably serving as the Shiprock chapter president for multiple years running. He is now retired, but that hasn't slowed him down. He's currently writing a book and coordinating the Shiprock Traditional Farmers Cooperative, a project that is alleviating food insecurity and helping farmers by connecting the farmers and Pueblo communities that have been hit hard by COVID. While providing much-needed COVID-19 relief, they are also building the groundwork for food sovereignty. It's hard to think of a better word that describes Chile than truly iconic. So without further ado, let's hear from Chile Yazi. Well, Chile, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's such an honor to have you. I think that I would love to start with the traditional way of introduction in Diné culture. Would you start with introducing yourself? Yat eh Anotso, the Inotsai, Shik eh, Kahasi, law, the Huis Argent. Say Yati there, she hints long at the Snido, Trohir, Tlin, the Bassus Chin, Kian, it as a che, Tratchi, it as a nulla, those Alchon, eh. え、やかった。ディスティンオバンスタンゴイヤエイギッシュ。オネザナハエヤクエタクジイヤ。ドンハチネイヤハトラ。ドンヒツオキエイネナネズナルテアドンヒナレイアサ。オコホタイヤエク
my name is um, Chili Yazi. That's what I'm and more commonly known as anymore. And I am talking to you here from uh, Shiprock, Navajo Nation, New Mexico. And in, in my traditional introduction, I introduce myself as being of the uh, Salt Clan, born for the waters flowing together as in confluence. And then uh, my mother's father's clan is um, tower, Towering House. And my father's father's clan is red across the forehead. My children's clan is water dweller or water edge people. We are a matrilineal uh, people, so that's that's our our bloodline, and that's the the prominence that we have as in our clan system. And um, Betsy and I have been married for forty six years. We have three children, ten grandkids, and well, actually eleven grandkids. Uh, 10 from our daughters and one from our son. So uh, we live here uh, on a farm, uh, Betsy's family farm. And uh, uh, this is our the mainstay of our activity. Uh, these days I'm retired from having served uh, 45 years and uh, for my community and for the Navajo Nation in various uh, elective and administrative uh, positions. So um, I'm uh, here on the farm and doing what needs to be done. So that's that's my introduction. Can you describe what your role was in the community as a longtime leader and as the Shiprock chapter president? My Public service began in the year 1975. Uh, previous to that, um, I was uh, an active participant in the marches that we had on the city of Farmington, which is 30 minutes east of us. Uh, that summer, that summer of 1974, three Navajo men were were murdered by um, uh, three Anglo white kids, uh, high school kids. And that really uh, required a, a substantial response from the community. So we, we marched on the city of Farmington uh, to protest uh, treatment of our people, the discriminatory and racist treatment and then uh, also to stage a boycott of the community. That's where I, I, I gained some notoriety. And um, it just so happened that um, in the summer of 1975, uh, July, that our, our principal leader of the marches was the uh, council delegate uh, which is the um, our representative to the Navajo Tribal Council at the time. So he and and uh, a number of traditional elders uh, 
uh, traded thoughts and thought that I I could be called on as uh, an elective uh, person. Um, so I I consented and um, I got elected in as the chapter secretary um, of the Shiprock chapter, and then from there I I served um, in in different administrative capacities. Uh, my next big um, uh, job was with the uh, serving on the executive staff of. Um, of Chairman Peterson Zaw and Vice Chairman Ed T. B. Gay in uh, 1982. And uh, for four years there, after that, I did run for Navajo Tribal Council and I won and I served there for two terms for a period of eight years. And coming home to Shiprock in, in 2000, the year 2000, I ran for chapter president and I won. And I served two terms there up through 2008. And then I sat out one term and I came back in 2012 and for another two terms. And I just uh, completed my, my, my last term here in this past January. So uh, altogether, I served uh, approximately 40 years, 41 years in, uh, in service to my community and the Navajo Nation. I think knowing a bit more about the place that is Shiprock, and I know you mentioned the Shiprock chapter, would be really helpful to understand some of what we're talking about today. So can you orient us and tell us where is Shiprock and what we should know about this place so we can understand some of the deep-seated issues we have going on here. You mentioned racism already, but also with hunger and food insecurity. The uh, Navajo Nation uh, is comprised of uh, approximately um, 125,000 square miles. Um, excuse me, I think um, actually it's 25,000 square miles. And our land is, is mostly in Arizona, the, the northeast corner of uh, Arizona. And then the, the next biggest um, uh, chunk of land we have is here in nor Northwest New Mexico. And then uh, we go into Utah and aboriginally, of course, uh, we had uh, uh, lands into Air Colorado. And uh, on this, uh, on our homeland here, we have our, our tribal government, which is um, pretty much a copy of the, of the, uh, the American federal government with the three branch system. And out of that, uh, we have um, uh, subdivisions. Uh, we have five, what we call five agencies. And we're here in the Northern Agency. And um, in total, the Navajo Nation has 110 chapters. And these are local uh, government units. 
and uh, here at Shiprock, the Shiprock chapter has has um, mostly been the the largest chapter on the on the Navajo Nation, with the largest number of people. So that's where that's where we are, and um, our, our chapter government uh, is composed of a president, vice president, secretary. And then we have um, a farm board member and then a grazing representative. So those are pretty much the, the, the base elected officials. And uh, Shiprock um, has always uh, been the home of our people for centuries. Um, um, and in terms of modern history, the community was uh, settled in quote in quotes there um, in 1903 that's when the first um, uh, representatives of the American government came to Shiprock and um, and began to uh, develop and and there there formed the um, the the uh, northern uh, federal um, uh, point of activity and and uh, the the formal Navajo Nation government or did not form until the year 2000 or excuse me 1923-1922 in that area and and the main reason why um, the government uh, the chapter government, and the, the uh, larger tribal government were formed was because oil was discovered here in our area. And the oil man, he wanted to go into contract with somebody to um, develop the oil, but uh, he was told by the government uh, agent that there is no such person, that, that Navajos did not have a, a formal government at that time. So, the um, the oil man and the the local uh, federal uh, agents uh, conspired and and developed uh, this form of government uh, for us, and uh, it's basically in 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 an imposed uh, process uh, structure of government uh, that we have today. Okay, can you speak a little bit more about what that means, an imposed process structure of government? Okay, um, up, up until 1922, um, our, our people uh, were concentrated in different regions, different areas, uh, uh, and mostly clustered by clans. And each clan uh, under a, a particular headman or, or matriarch uh, were, 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 were independent. They were self-sufficient and um, really did not uh, need to depend on others. There was a, a lot of trade and visitation that went on between the, 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 the different um, clan groups. And um, and that's how we we lived. 
that's how we we were organized throughout the 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 years prior to 1922. So with the advent of the oil discovery and the need to have a formal contract, um, the uh, federal agent here um, uh, in consultation, I imagine with the, um, the higher ups there in Washington DC uh, designed a, a governmental process that again is basically modeled after the federal government process. And um, um, I understand that um, that design of government was presented to the people here. Uh, the people uh, convened the, all of the area uh, uh, people and um, the process was described to them, but it was so foreign that they they could not uh, conceptualize uh, how and why why there was a need for such. And um, the uh, the people there they 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 basically declined uh, the acceptance of that uh, form of government. Uh, but the government agent and the oil guy, of course, they were persistent and um, they knew which families would, would, were open to, to the concept. So they kept reconvening people until they were able to get a group of people that were basically uh, open to, to trying this new idea. Uh, so finally, they, they did get some uh, consensus and uh, consent. So um, in that way, um, the, the process was imposed on us, uh, the, the workings and the, um, the, the, the structure of the governmental process is something that, that our, our grandparents at the time did not really have input into because it was just a foreign concept and um, they just uh, went along at that time with uh, what the the design of government was. That's really interesting. I, I wasn't aware of that and I also wasn't aware of how recent in history that took place. You know, obviously we have our, our traditional form of, of governance prior to this time. Right. And, 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 you know, there are, there are many of us who, who question the validity of this American style of government. And uh, we wonder why we could not um, uh, go back to our traditional forms of governance. So I don't know if you want a, some elaboration on that. Absolutely, please go on. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> we, we have a uh, body of law today that's, that's referred to as the fundamental law of the uh, Neh. And the Neh is our original uh, name for us. And it just means the people. Uh, the word Navajo is a colonial term that was uh, that was that was that was made by 
the, 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 the early Mexicans, as I understand it. But um, in that, um, uh, in the body of the fundamental law of the Dene, uh, there are four main components. And the, 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 the ultimate uh, component of that is, is, called, is referred to as um, the, the, the law that is provided by the, the Supreme Creator. And in that sense, uh, we many, many indigenous peoples, uh, perhaps all indigenous peoples, uh, particularly here in the Western Hemisphere, uh, make some reference to um, the original instructions, the original teachings. And so the, the, first, the first part of uh, our fundamental law uh, lays that out. The, the, the laws that were provided by the, uh, the creator. The, uh, the second body of law is, um, is those laws that were prescribed for us by, by, by the, the, the entities that we refer to as the holy people, uh, which basically were uh, intermediaries between the the supreme creator and 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 those of us here, so it's still a, a very um, uh, high 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 standard of uh, of law, a, a high call from from a place of high calling, and and thirdly the um, the the third body of law is uh, the laws of nature, uh, the laws of the earth mother. And and uh, and then finally the the, the common law is um, as that which describes what we need here as human beings to to um, to be able to uh, respect boundary to to be able to uh, live in harmony. So we have that body of law um, there and. The, the, um, the body of law that we have now as the, as the Navajo Nation government, it being basically modeled after the federal system, the, the, the makeup of, of, of those laws, those contemporary laws are, are very similar to, to what, we'll, what you will find in uh, the state law books as well as the federal. And we have a concern with that. There, there are some of us who, who question um, that the basic concept of, of what the law should be for us. Mm. And um, we, we, to some extent, do reject the, um, the imposition of a governmental process, a set of laws by by the colonial the, the the colonists uh, colonizers and and we wonder why we and, and in fact we we uh, recommend we we um, uh, 
to some extent demand that uh, we we have a we do a revisit to what our our original law, what our our fundamental laws are, and to 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 uh, use that as a foundation to build a process that that would be um, applicable to our current condition and circumstances. Uh, because we 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 there is no question that those laws, the fundamental laws that we have, are are so much more complete and uh, so much more um, respective of all of all um, aspects of law. That uh, that is uh, the true way for us, and. Um, that's that's uh, that's a thought that many of us have uh, that we should at least um, um, consider that. But because our our leadership uh, usually are are very um, colon colonized to the extent that um, they are in quotations, good Americans and feel that they need to be compliant with the laws that are set out. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's, there's not, there, there is a very small opportunity, latitude uh, to, to have those kinds of considerations uh, be made, but uh, they're very relevant issues that uh, we have today. So if we're thinking about going back to original law as the foundation for society a little bit more, I'm wondering how you think about that specifically in terms of the earth. You said lo the laws of nature, and I was wondering if you could expand on that. Well, you know, the, uh, the first thing in, uh, in in, in comprehending uh, the the laws of nature is to be able to conceptualize what we understand and uh, and and know from our indigenous uh, traditional perspective in that um, the earth is a living entity. It has a, a, a living spirit. Um, it has a, a life essence. You know, uh, generally, most people who believe in a higher being will all concur and conclude that, um, that the creator, regardless of what name we give him, is everywhere is everywhere throughout his universe. And that most certainly includes the body of earth. And that's what gives the life essence, the spirit, the life breath of the earth, uh, the fact that the, the, the creator permeates the body of earth. So we, can't, we cannot uh, suggest that the the earth is lifeless that it's just a a um, a, a round ball of uh, of rock and and mud and and water 
um, and and that's 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 one of the well that's the greatest fallacy of Western thought that uh, there was that attempt to dichotomize the the spiritual and the physical when we as indigenous people know that 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 separation is not possible because one cannot be without the other. So to understand the laws of nature, uh, one needs to have that concept, needs to have an understanding of that concept. And then from there, of course, um, the, the, the relationship that we have as earth people with our earth is, is, is very much a mother and child uh, situation. You know, you know we, we as indigenous people say that we don't own the earth. Nobody can own the earth. Um, nobody can own the water. Nobody can own the air. And that, that to me is tantamount to saying that one can own the fire, which is uh, a literal impossibility. So the relationship, the intrinsic relationship that we have with the Earth Mother is, is, uh, is actually a mother and child relationship. The, um, so we say that um, in, in recognizing that relationship that we have with the earth, that it is that, that we belong to the earth and the earth belongs to us just as a mother and child belong to each other. That is our concept. There is no notion of ownership in that, in that, um, in that uh, perspective. So, and then uh, before uh, moving on to the next point, um, we, we as indigenous and people who understand the, the, um, the realities of, of life know that um, the earth and all that there is, is and was created with a perfect equilibrium, mm. a perfect balance. And the intent of creation was that that balance, that equilibrium be maintained to sustain and perpetuate that life. So there is that possibility that that life could be a forever uh, situation. And I believe that that, that, was, that was the original design for, for our Earth Mother. But as we all know, that balance is not there anymore. The equilibrium has been offset. And it is mostly because of the, the uh, exploitation, the, the perpetration upon the um, the 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 earth the earth's um, uh, body and spirit uh, that intrusion 
as massive as it, it has been as and as it is and as it threatens to be into the future is has what is what has disrupted the balance and so the then comes the question of um of uh the the future of the earth mother uh we all we all wonder uh when there might be a conclusion to the to the to life as we know it so um that's a bit uh of a digression but um the 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 balance of um life the life balance between the human person and the earth required a a reciprocity in that um we know every with our every waking moment we we will require we need sustenance we need substances that have come out of the earth that are of the earth water all of these things that we need to keep our body alive the 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 reciprocity for that for that life giving from the earth is was and is it remains with us that there be that respect that honor that recognition that um that there is that mother child relationship and and uh you know i i believe that um all peoples throughout the world the four colors of of mankind were all each given this a similar set of original teachings original instructions on how to live how to have a a life of happiness that's that's the ultimate um uh purpose of of a, of a human being but sadly there are people there is a tribe of people of of uh of a particular color who have basically lost way from those original teachings and and that is is um is is upsetting everything here for everybody so i'm i'm uh, i'm going farther than than, than what mm. your question was but um the the basic um law between the human person and the earth is is that act of reciprocity uh the 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 responsibility that we have as human kind to to honor the earth and take care of her to assure that there is that um uh, uh perpetuity of life but um and and we as indigenous people we continue to do that we we hold on to those uh teachings and those um those uh ways of of um of um giving that um uh, reciprocity 
for for the earth uh, allowing us uh, to live so that's that's the basic uh understanding uh in terms of um the the law of of nature i want to be sort of upfront in saying that i don't think it's too far to read between the lines and what you're saying that really it's white people that have lost their way. And I'm wondering, this may be a big question, but do you think that we can restore balance in the world? Well, you know, we have to have a hope. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a basic um, desire of uh, humanity is to have hope. And in spite of the, the, uh, the extreme um, off balance that, that, we, that we see today, and you know, the evidence of it is so, so tremendous. It is so uh, obvious. The, the damage that has been done and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. You know, in some, in some way, I, I, I feel that this uh, COVID-19 uh, is, fits into that um, uh, matrix in, in, in some way because the, the virus is, uh, is biological. It's uh, it's uh, when, in one of my writings I say that the the virus is alive with death, and you know in some ways I feel that um, the with the tremendous impact that the uh, virus has had on the whole world, all of all of humanity. Uh, that it, it, it's a, it's a, um, it can't be ignored. It can't be uh, dismissed in, 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 in thinking that that is, that should be, that could be a, a signal from the earth to say that, hey, people, you have gone too far. And there, therein lies the discipline and it's 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 affecting everybody. And um, the other the other aspect of it that I think is that um, you know people should have with this virus people should have um, thought why why is this happening? And at least from my perspective, that's my contribution to that uh, to that question. Um, and then also, you know, with the at, at the at the um, the height of uh, the the impact from the virus, everything shut down. Uh, there was very few vehicles running around. There was so much. Um, um, there was a calming, and and we all saw that, uh, like just for instance, the pollution um, began to subside, 
and things things begin seem to uh, be the way they should be. But um, the the teaching, the uh, the discipline, was not heard, is not being adhered to, and now the the oil companies and uh, all these um, extractive energy people. They are wanting to come back stronger than ever and continue their, their, um, their exploitation of the earth, their, their effort to um, uh, make more money. And that's the bottom line of, uh, of, this, of this wayward thought is, is to, it's a, it's a matter of materiality for, for these folks and um, the, 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 the reality of spirituality is not really a, a consideration. And um, I think people of good hearts, people who, who recognize this, know that we have to do something to, to begin to um, uh, pull back the, the destruction and, and uh, you know, even with the scientific calculations, um, there is a possibility that maybe by the year 2050 that, that the, the, the uh, extraction, the extractive energy and the resultant uh, pollution and devastation could be uh, curtailed to the point to where there is a a, an equalizing, a re, a re-equalizing of that, uh, of that balance. So, I, 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 I it just depends on um, human nature. You know, one of the things that um, that I make reference to um, is, um, you know, prophecy. You know, in our indigenous uh, stories and our indigenous uh, ways. Uh, obviously, there is a prophecy about what will happen in later times, and uh, you know it's it's foretold already that um, that we would be coming into the conditions that we have now. But I don't I don't I don't make a point of um, referencing indigenous prophecy in that in that regard. The prophecy that I do reference is one that was made in 2006 by a man by the name of Stephen Hawking, who, under, who I understand was uh, one of the, the, the greatest modern day theorists. And uh, in, in 2006, he prophesied that this earth, if we don't change the trajectory of of where we're going, that this earth could have only 100 years left, and he he based his um, his his um, his theory, his uh, calculations on um, on uh, the the uh, climate crisis, of course, the climate chaos, and then also he said that one of the main causes of this demise would be virulent disease. 
And we all know what what uh, disease can do. It's 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 uh, devastating the the earth, the the world's people. And then also he uh, he attributed um, the the potential cause for this um, closure to the nuclear threat. And we all know that uh, countries the world over have all manner hundreds of uh, I don't know maybe thousands of nuclear armaments uh, pointing at each other. And um, and so this was in 2006 that this man said this, made this prophecy, prediction. And you do your, your little uh, uh, arithmetic there. And as of today, we have 80, 86 years. And what is a generation anymore? 25 years, maybe? So with that uh, prediction by Mr. Hawking, uh, if that holds true, if that bears out to be the case, then we have only four generations left on this earth. Wow. So what do you, I'm curious with that being sort of a prophecy that you're following, what do you say to your grandchildren and see their role as in relation to the earth? All we can do is um, um, understand who we are in this, uh, on this earth, in this creation. We, we were given um, teachings uh, ceremonies and songs that would um, have us do our part in upholding that um, that balance, and that's all we can do from our end is just continue to be true to who who we are supposed to be, to be true to those original teachings, and um, we we make our advocacy. I I. Um, I say what I what I think uh, to whoever will listen, and uh, that's why I I uh, am am grateful for this opportunity uh, to do this uh, podcast, and uh, in the hopes that uh, more people will hear uh, what it is that we're saying. So. Yeah, that's and, that's all I can tell my children that the, the that their future does not look well. That they need to be uh, preparing in in more ways than one. Um, so that's all we can do. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know personally. I really relate to what you were saying earlier about orienting things around hope because I think we shut down with fear and become sort of immobilized by it. So in terms of thinking about what kind of change needs to take place in the world, and I know it's, I know it's, um, perhaps it's a little bit aspirational, but 
how can we take what we've been talking about to what you've been talking about today and sort of apply that to our understanding of some of the issues that we face in the world? And I would love if we could sort of hone in on the issue of food insecurity in particular and food and farming. The things that, that need to happen, of course, is uh, the, the reducing, the reduction of, um, of uh, the extraction, the ripping out of uh, the, the insides, the innards of the earth. You know, I, I always say that, um, you know, the earth is a living entity. And any living entity that that has to to bear the um, the digging out of, of 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 their insides, that that entity is not going to live. It's it's it has it, it has an ending. So that needs to be um, stopped. The pollution needs to to stop. All of the causes of uh, climate of the climate crisis that needs to stop if we are to have a chance and um the other aspect of uh my discussion on um, the the virus being uh, perhaps a disciplined whip of the earth is that um the the regard that people have for each other and in 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 the recent weeks, um, we've seen the just the enormity of that uh, disregard, disre disrespect, downright hatred of of people. And and again, as you uh, accurately concluded, that um, it's the, the the white tribe that that lost their way, you know. Um, it, it's it's common that um, the the um, the perpetration of uh, racism uh, comes from that uh, from from that corner, and the earth, of course, is going to be protective of its children, uh, the the children that. Um, that are innocent, the children that are being abused, that are being hurt, she's going to be protected of, of, of us. And, and uh, most, most often, you know, we, we say people of color. But I, I'm a more inclusive uh, when I think that and say that uh, people of good hearts and and the earth is is yes is protective of of its children of good hearts and the the racism that 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 just seems to uh, be metastasizing throughout uh, the american society is is uh, is not is not going to help it, it, it only contributes to that, uh, 
that prediction that Mr. Hawking made. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the other big big thing that needs to happen is for, for uh, there to be uh, also a, a pullback uh, from those uh, racial uh, um, attitudes and, and, um, and perpetration of hate and, and hurt. So that's the other thing that is, that's really glaring that, that needs to be addressed. Well, I think we're nearing the end, but I would love to ask you, where do you draw your constant well of strength to continue fighting in such a strong way for your community and for the earth? Well, my, my bottom line is um, my grandchildren, the grandchildren, all grandchildren. You know, we here today, we, we say that life is difficult. There's hardship in life. And it, it's true. Uh, everybody has some hurt, has, has some dilemma that, that is... Uh, that they're having to contend with. And, and uh, many people, too many people suffer day to day, day in, day out with all kinds of uh, uh, needs and afflictions. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and for us to, to, to say that we are having a hard life now here in 2022-21, how is it going to be in recognizing the trajectory that the, that the um, lifestyle of, uh, of, human, of humanity, uh, where, that is, where that is going? We, 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 we wonder with great um, apprehension and, 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 and fear of what kind of world, what kind of life our, our, our children, our grandchildren will, will have to contend with in, in 50 years. So that, that's what, that's, that is the basis of my my uh, my thought day in and day out, and one of those uh, key th one of the key things there is um, of course uh, food. Um, again, many people are insecure as far as food goes, and um, you know again the the uh, the quest for money is is uh, is debilitating the the um, the production of good food and you know uh, one thing uh, one thing we look at is uh, the, the burning the burning that is happening in Amazon to make way for, for uh, cattle and, 
and uh, well, some agriculture. But the fact of the matter being that um, to do to to make money, they're they're destroying something that is irreplaceable. And um, so, sitting here as a as a simple as a simple man, um, what can I do? And and the and it seems to me that uh, that the best I can do for for right now is to uh, make my voice heard, and then also to um, to to grow food, and to to do that with uh, my community members who who have the same um, drive for us to grow the foods that um, our children need to to put in place those um, those strategies on how to make food for ourselves and and, and hope that um, our, our grandchildren of the future will be able to rely on those strategies and processes that we put in place for them here so then so that they again can have a comfortable survival from the new mexico out of school time network this has been rethinking hunger the music for this podcast was made by adam DeGraff. You can follow him on his website at adamviolin.com. If you like this episode and want to subscribe to our podcast or learn more about the issue of food insecurity, visit our website at nmost.org. That's n-m-o-s-t.org. Thanks for listening.